0: KUCI, broadcasting live on the campus of UC Irvine. Since 1969.
1: The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule.
2: Kimberly Martin, and you're listening to Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County, a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Opinions expressed on this show are totally mine and do not reflect the opinions of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County and other shows, please go to kuci.org.
3: 809 KCI FM in Irvine. I'm Heather McCoy, and this is Real People of Orange County. And by hearing my voice first, this is a rerun. No, just joking. <laughs> it is not. No, it's we're live. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Well, so how did it go last week? I I think I left it up to you to play whichever
3: a recording was to. played. I sat here and uh, looked at things I cannot afford online. Well, and
2: well, which recording did you play? Oh God, which I did play? I
3: play? I think I played. Um, I think I played the uh, poetry one. Oh,
2: I love the poetry one. I thought you yeah. were going to play Bryant Vicksburg again.
3: I thought I would, but I decided uh, let's do poetry. That was a lot of fun. So you were just trying to figure out which way to put yourself to sleep, weren't you? <laughs> no, not necessarily because because I had to do. I, I had to run. I don't think if Heather was
2: not on my show, she probably wouldn't listen to my show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I listen to almost everybody's show here. Does that make you obsessed? Does that make me obsessed? No, that makes me a good program director. Oh, that, I guess that's yeah. true. Making- and that makes me opinionated about everything, too. Oh, okay. So it kind of feeds into the ego. I don't know.
2: Well, I was quite proud of myself. I went off and all by my little lonesome. Well, I shouldn't say all by my lonesome, but you know pretty much had a village? With, without experience i coordinated and then um, hosted
3: a 200 person wedding in my sister's oh my backyard God. 200 people I, i'm so
2: versatile do you have any idea how versatile i am
3: what was the first thing that you arranged like parking cuz that would for parking for 200 people that would that would require something
2: yes we parked everybody up the street at the church and we shuttled them down in a
3: nice, you know, big giant limousine. Was the church made aware of this? Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, that okay. was part of the arrangement. Oh, I could just see them. It was a bit of at- a
2: quick, unplanned wedding. People, people I could just needed just see- to get married really fast, so we threw it together.
3: I could just <laughs> have see have them looking in their parking lot going, where are all these people coming from? And, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, no, it was all legit. Is my eleven-year-old's new favorite word? I said, "Do you even know what you're saying?" Probably not. So I had to sit him down and explain to him what the long version of that word was. I go, "You can't just say legit unless you know what you're
3: abbreviating." <laughs> so did you? So you didn't start singing MC Hammer to him? No, I no. wouldn't even no. know. I'm sorry, I'm oh. so lame with that stuff.
2: Okay, but um, so yeah, 200 people came, wow. and my my sister and brother-in-law decided to have an open bar, which I think was ridiculously risky. But, Especially if um, I was around, yeah. Well, I mean, you you would be mild compared to the people they hang out with. Oh, it was okay. A beautiful affair. They have a little avocado orchard, and we we just it was unseasonably hot in Camarillo is where we were, and it was f- f- quite miserable for the first two hours. But after that, uh-huh. it became the perfect wedding.
3: Well, how how big of a window did you have to do this in?
2: I had a month and a half. A month
3: and a half. Wow! Doesn't
2: everybody plan a wedding for tw- two hundred? So a month the month and, and
3: half? a half, you ha- you did wedding arrangements, including getting all the clothing for the bridesmaids clothing, and bridesmaids, jewelry, and- jewelry
2: groomsmen. And- The bridal gown. She was in Hawaii, so she had her alterations done at the last minute. She's also ever expanding young lady, so the alterations had to be done at the last. (laughs) I said that already.
3: So so you, 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 so you, you also booked the church and found the minister. Everything everything in a month and a half. Yes. Wow, you must. That must have been a challenge. It was a challenge. Did you do it all by yourself?
2: Well, my sister, she helped me. Uh It was her daughter who was getting married. I did a candy buffet, a candy bar. That was really fun. It had to coordinate with the color, so the candy was navy blue. It was really hard to eat navy blue candy. It's not that appetizing. Navy blue and sunflowers was the theme. Okay, so, I don't know. It was pretty cool.
3: I'm surprised it's not like a niche within wedding planners. Is Oh, shotgun weddings. I can do your wedding in I a w- month. I think that might have to
2: be my specialty.
3: That would be a good Anybody specialty. Anybody want
2: to have a shotgun wedding, call me. I can plan it in a month and a half.
3: Yeah. <laughs> One time my parents were afraid of me and my friend going to Vegas because they were thinking we might do a shotgun wedding, but no. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, Vegas would be the place. I think most Vegas parents would, the would encourage their children mm-hmm. to go to Vegas instead of... Host a big backyard wedding.
3: They're like, we don't care where you go with Kusama, but just please don't go to Vegas. (laughs) So anyways. (laughs) Well, that's another story. You're going to have to tell that one on your own show. I'll have to tell that one on my own story.
2: Well, so you played poetry. That's good. Yeah. That's Michelle Mitchell Faust. Uh Uh-huh. Poetry and death. She likes that whole combination, doesn't she? Yeah, She does. Well, shout out to Michelle. Thank you for all the good
3: footage. Yeah, that was actually one of our better shows, too. So that's the reason I played Uh, it. See,
2: you really are judgmental. You sit there and evaluate which ones are better and which ones aren't.
3: Everything I do, I, I am the hardest critic on myself. Okay. Well, so, if like, you
2: don't dim the lights, I'm going to freak out because I'm not used to such bright brightness in the studio okay, today.
3: Okay, let me go do that and why don't you introduce our guest. Okay,
2: so today, well, I, the reason I brought up the Brian Bixler connection is because oh, I feel so much better now. I, there must be some that in me because I do better when it's the light is dim. Um, today, I wanted to bring into the studio a, a very special group of people that are working on a project in Laguna Beach. They've been working for many years, but I came into this because a dear friend of mine has a special needs child. And she, her daughter is 13, and she has epilepsy. But it's the kind of epilepsy that no matter what they do, they don't seem to find the right you know, medication to control it. So this poor child has seizures sometimes three grandmas three and four a week sometimes two a day it's just it's almost like a bit of a a fever it comes and it goes and it's just unpredictable but go ahead
3: can you explain epilepsy for people that may not know i just know that's the thing where if you have like an anime show and you have flashing images you can go into an epileptic seizure i think pokemon did that to kids in japan
2: okay so well epilepsy is a neurological disorder and um Sometimes, I mean, I don't know what, what they're saying it is, but I think a lot of it might be linked to hormones because what can happen is if you're just a regular old teenager, you can up and start having seizures, and um, and you, um, you you don't know it. But this particular child had them since since she was quite young, and they started out as something called infantile spasms. And then it just caused delayed delayed growth. So I'm going to definitely defer to somebody that has more experience My husband doesn't let me practice medicine without a license. So to explain that, and I bet our guests can explain that um, better than me. So, but I, but I was going to say is how I was introduced to this great group of people that are before us is we attended a fundraiser because my friend, her daughter now is 13 and she is starting to become a young woman. And with that, the fear of, oh my gosh, what's next? Because the school system really only serves these families to a certain age, and you have to start to wonder what's going to happen if something happens to us, the parents that are her caretakers. And you realize as you're going through this socially that really not everybody, even your closest friends, are equipped to handle the life that you have with your special needs child. And so you think, okay, what am I going to do? So in an effort to find out a little bit more about what to do when her child becomes an adult... We both attended a fundraiser together for the Glenwood Housing Project in Laguna Beach. And um, I'm proud to say that they are here in the studio with us to tell us a little bit about this really special project. Um, so welcome with me, Heather, Randy Larson, Shauna Bogert, and Stacey Enmeyer. Thank you. Thank you for coming.
4: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thank you for being here. Come up a little closer. You want to talk into the end of that microphone, okay. and um, you can you can share. Oh, they look so cute, Heather. You should see this. They're all hey, so buddy. close. <laughs> I can I, barely I, see I, it. I was going to say I I don't want to say that you look a little bit like the Three Stooges, but <laughs> we've been told that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we know which, each other well. yeah, which which one are you, Randy? <laughs> That's
1: debatable. Curly.
2: but um, well, Randy. You're really the guy with the story here. I want you to start us out, because this goes way back to you. Um, most of the group that you've gathered have a special needs child or have been in in the field of helping families with, disab- with um, a child with a disability. So take us back, because this was a really interesting, I say interesting, but compelling reason why you got involved and and it it comes it stems from you just wanting to be like every other parent you uh tell us about your family
0: okay thank you Kimberly glad to be here um yeah it really started we have a, a son 29 Trevor and uh he's really joined at hip to, hip to me uh one of my best buds uh I have a younger daughter uh Heidi 24 that's now really involved in our whole program but um what happened, uh, Jenny, my spouse is a teacher and had been a teacher and basketball coach myself and at age five all the kids in the neighborhood are going off for T ball and EYSO soccer in South Orange County and it just broke my heart and, and not a good feeling to say, My gosh, there's nothing I've coached sports, I've played sports through, you know, high school.
2: And you have your first son.
0: And have my first son and the dream nothing, and desire yeah, to yeah, nothing's gonna happen.
2: Do um, what dads
0: do with their boys. Right. And so uh, that, you know, dream had been kind of shattered at, at, at birth at Hogue is that they kind of shared with us. And uh, as we went through this whole process, Jenny and I wanted him to be as, quote, unquote, normal as possible. So out to dinner. Whatever we did camping, you know, we, we took him. But realized that when he, when he got there, and I'm such a, you know, sports nut, uh, it wasn't working. So long story short, uh, contacted AYSO and uh, with a friend, uh, Little League, And created the Challenger program with him. And uh, lots of kids are playing it in all over Southern California. It's in multiple states now, but for South Orange County, we have several hundred that have been paying for about 25 years.
2: Well, back up just a little bit, because you jumped a little bit there. You said the Challenger Little League. Challenger Little League is a little league that's geared specifically for special needs children. Is that correct? Correct. And you had to start that in order to find a place for your son?
0: Yes, Laguna uh, Niguel, where we've lived. uh, Daryl Burnett's a good friend of mine, and he had the passion in the uh, baseball arena, as I did. Uh, I really started first with the uh, AYSO soccer uh, and you
2: went to them and asked them to yeah, develop
0: and said, we liked, I'd like team. to, I'd like to create something. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, first year we started with five kids. We didn't really have enough for 11 on soccer to have a team, but a we team. threw out the soccer ball and we played and practiced and kicked around and taught some skills and, right. uh, more joined the next year. And after that, uh, to the point where, you know, uh, now in South County, Mission B.O.'s got their own team, San Juan Cap, Luca Niguel, et cetera. And so we play home and away just like the pros.
2: Wow, that's that's neat. Um, this okay? So you went to AOISO. Were they receptive at first, or was this something they weren't prepared to take on?
0: Uh, great question. Uh, of the people that I met with, several because, as you said, uh, had friends or knew of special needs situations even within their own families. Kind of light bulb went on. There were a lot of people that the light bulb uh, didn't go on. Didn't shine. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it, it took a while. And they said the big concern was really, there obviously honestly liability insurance. Well, you know, what happens with a special needs person? Aren't they going to get hurt all the time? Falling down, tripping, baseball gets them in the head, you know, all those kinds of things. Right. And we resolved all of that. I mean, it was very short. Um, and they began to see by photograph and old, you know, which is not digital now, but old videotape type thing that, you know, it really can work. And sports like baseball, it's so a little slower, or soccer, where it's a constant motion running, you know, it's great on the field for an autistic young man or woman because they can be flying around and just have a little bit of freedom. We have assistants that are on the field to you know, kind of, as I call my sheep herders. Keep the keep, boundaries Keep, going, the, keep yeah. the boundaries, and they're not heading for the parking lot, you know, right. anyway. Um, and don't blow the whistle too loud because they will head for the parking lot and all those kind of good things.
2: Yeah, they'll duck and cover. Right. Uh okay so this this is where you started you said twenty three years ago and then now tell me how many teams there are
0: um there's probably about twelve in you know South County from Irvine South that have um, kept
2: kept on through right. the years but A- ASO, is now, ASO is
0: now ASO has now got um, what they call their VIP program uh like Little League has Challenger is in all fifty states. Uh, I I didn't set it up, but ASO just kind of kept growing with it, and growing with it. So
2: and, were we were we were we the nitus though here in Orange County to yeah, get the, them to duplicate your model? Yes,
0: yeah, oh, and, and, and that's something
2: you can be really proud of. Well,
0: and and Daryl, my good friend, he's uh, was Little League's um, Volunteer of the Year nationally two years ago, and right. he is now, as we speak, the color commentator at the Little League World Series uh, back back east. So his passion really continued in the. Uh, baseball, Little League side, and as we got into other things, which we'll talk about, we had to hand the the baton off to other people for coaching and growing this in other areas.
2: Right. That's remarkable. Uh, Okay, so then what happened next?
0: Well, what happened next, Kimberly, is... um, they all start getting older. We're getting older. The kids get older. Uh, we start talking. I met more and more special ed um, teachers in, in uh, Capo and Saddleback and Laguna Beach Unified and the various you know areas uh, having lived in South County, and huge need in the social area. And now, number of years later, they're still playing the sports, but now they're teenagers. Mm. and they
2: need to play it even more now don't they
0: they do and the hormones are changing right. and they're still somewhat young you know mentally socially whatever so it's taking them to the movies it's trying to go to the beach and do all the things that they see their siblings and their peers doing it's, and they and they want to be like everybody else
2: it's working overtime to get them the experiences that come so easily for others as right. they transition into every different stage of growing up.
0: Right. So Jenny and I had started a foundation, it just was really on our heart to do the social activities, kind of morphed out of the sports. Um, And so it's called the Lighthouse Group now. But anyway. I love that. um, And it's every Monday night through the school year. And we do winter ski trips to Big Bear. We do a summer camp up at Shaver Lake. Uh, We go into the community so the community can see that "Quote unquote, they're they're not kind of freaks of nature, and they're wonderful, wonderful young men and, and women uh, at Starbucks or a Rubio's, and and uh, many of them are now you know, as young teenagers or young adults, uh, actually in the working community.
2: You have a nice story to share about uh, the gathering that you do at Starbucks when you made mention of you know letting the the young adults go out into the community and be experienced." in a certain way, not, um, not like you said, you know, as foreigners, right? share that story
3: with me.
0: Well, it's a, it's a large facility and we go in and a lot of tables outside, but what's happened, uh, which Heidi's put on the calendar, uh, when those events are at Starbucks is that we've been doing it long enough now that the local community, a lot of seniors, uh, we have our own adult leaders that work with the kids, but the community comes out and they have, they
2: come out to actually be there. Be there.
0: And join your group. Yep, have a cup of coffee or a munchie, whatever it might be, and spend time sitting at the table talking with these kids. And they're amazed that you know, on a Monday night, that they can get seventy-five, eighty hugs. And some of the kids give them nicknames, different, you know, than Grandpa, whatever. And they tease each other, and they have fun, and uh, they they really feed each other's souls and through t- that whole process
2: it is really an interesting full circle experience i um my husband and i are involved in elder care and we thought oh gosh we have these you know kids and they're just a little ratty you know what are they gonna do they they might really upset the the elders that want quiet time and it doesn't turn out that way you know it turns out that in fact you know both ends kind of meet in the middle the the young and the old and in this case the young hearted and the young hearted are really meeting in the middle and and sharing something in common uh, openness that right. that uh, you can achieve sometimes only in advanced years you know we're we're so closed in our lives but so many special needs children are just open they're open to that right. experience of sharing and it's with a greater ease than the rest of us can come by so What you're describing in this Starbucks sounds a lot like that experience. It's really fulfilling. It is.
0: And the staff even, you know, is touched by it. It's been there. And I've had many of them come up to me and say, you know what? Through our crazy day, and we've all been to Starbucks at the crush hour of the morning, going to work or whatever it might be, is that your kids come up and say thank you. Wow.
2: That's interesting. And
0: they want to just lean on the bar and just talk for a while. And we kind of sometimes have to chase them off if we're busy but um, they go; they're just amazing, and we don't experience this because our fast pace in Orange County. Everybody's like, "Man, give me my double latte now!" And boom, I'm out the door. And you know, there's no communication and thank you, and just it's like
2: know. a junkie demanding their yeah, fix. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be one. I'd be one of them. You yes. would be, would you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Except when you're there with the kids. Right. Now, if somebody's listening and they hear about the Lighthouse Group, is there a way they could go and find out about you?
0: Uh, yes, these lovely two ladies to my right, um, Shauna and Stacy, uh, are our executor and assistant executor, uh, director of the facility. Um, the website is glenwoodhousing.org. dot org, okay, and they can go there and and see Shauna at and Stacy at uh, the website and. So e- the email. Lighthouse
2: Group is also they get information through Glenwood House.
0: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, light the. Um, you're correct, my my bad. Uh the lighthouse Group dot org.
2: Lighthouse group yeah, the, dot org.
0: Yeah, www.TheLighthouseGroup.org. lighthouse group dot org.
2: I didn't have that up on my website, uh realpeopleoc dot com. I'll add that today. Okay.
0: LighthouseGroup.org. Yeah, the contact, they'll see a contact for Heidi at the Lighthouse Group, which is my daughter and, and a few your others. Anyway. And so they can, you know, look at the site, see the activities. There's pictures of events throughout the year, summer camp. We just came back from a week and a half ago uh, up at Shaver Lake. And, again, we want these kids to experience things that their peers do. So they get towed behind the ski bob, behind my ski boat. They get to kayak. Mm-hmm. They get to fish. They get to swim, do all these, you know, things that a lot of parents, you know, have, have an uncomfortableness in taking their special need child or teenager because you're adding the teenage hormone Compone site component to special needs. Well, and it's a tough mix for a lot of people.
2: And there's a lot of parents right now that don't want to be around their teenager. So I can imagine, compound that with right. the special circumstances that arise with a special needs child. Right. And y- you probably have e- even greater awkwardness. Are you finding that that's pretty common for parents with special needs kids?
0: Uh, it It is. Uh, absolutely, and um, we're seeing some of the kids now as they get a little bit older. That with the economy, some are coming home, some are mm. needing to cut back on you know school costs and right. you know, all the things that we see in the press going on with this tough economy. And having them back and still having to deal with a special need young adult, young young teen um, is just is, is tough. And they're looking for outreach and places to have their, uh, special needs children involved. Right. And there aren't that many.
2: Are the parents finding solace in meeting up with other parents during this stage of life too? Yeah, absolutely. In each other?
0: Absolutely. They, they love these two ladies. Uh, they do a lot of talking and sharing, which they can share their, their stories, but, um, they need uh, my, counsel too. Well, don't mon- they, money night. Parents. It's, it's really respite. Mm-hmm. Monday night, we're there two hours. Uh, they often a group will go off to Starbucks. Some sit out in the patio and just kind of veg. The parents, yeah, the parents.
2: Because yeah,
0: exactly. They're free. They're free moment. for the couple hours. Some will go home and do laundry or shopping. They've said, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most of them want to connect and build friendships, and then just kind of s- share kind of the some of the, the war that, stories that, 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 that they're common the common experience that they're going mm-hmm. through, and realize you know what, I'm not alone in this world, and I'm not alone in this process,
2: right. Uh, does it take a long time for a parents parents or of a special needs child to reach out and get this help? Once, or do they stay pretty isolated early on in the process? You certainly didn't, and you certainly s- sought to make some changes so that it wasn't necessary yeah. that everybody stay isolated. But is that a pretty common experience?
0: Excellent question, Kimberly. Um, it, it is, and I share with people as I speak that I think that the toughest part is getting the parents to or to pry the fingers off their children. Mm. It happens in our sports when we started. There were, they, you know, they had their kids, other kids playing, quote unquote, regular sports, and they take an arrow every day from school, reporting community problems within the neighborhood. You know, uh, would it be autism having a conniption fit, and somebody in the neighborhood saw it. So, you say
2: the parent of a special needs child takes an arrow every day on yeah. all those fronts because they, they have to hear all the, the ways that their child isn't fitting yeah. in. be it an mm.
0: IEP, just as you deal uh, with yeah. the seniors, you know, mm-hmm. these things. And so it's not always, you know, pretty rarely good news. And so to find an outlet, uh, some, you know, if they're more of an ADD and out there type A like me, mm-hmm. uh, they just go. But for a lot, um, it takes a while for them to really want to build that trust because they've been burned so many times. They want to know that somebody is not just going to take their kid for an hour and get their hopes built up and then drop them like a um, hot rock.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. I, I just want to mention I put up the website on uh, our Twitter feed. So on okay, um, org, the Lighthouse group is linked on our homepage. Oh, wonderful. So. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why Heather is the... Um, Engineer Extraordinaire. I'm gonna pass another one to you to put up too because the next thing we're gonna talk about is really the next phase. It's 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 like you stopped and developed a foundation at every stage <laughs> of your child's development and and needs. And it's pretty spectacular that you were able to find the energy in in the midst of raising a child with special needs, but also to commit such an outreach for other families right. in, in the same way so the next phase of this is really where do they go from here they have this nice nuclear environment called family and then this extended family that you've helped the community build for them but that's not enough is it
0: no and, and as you said uh, you know beyond high school in california anyway and it's different other states but there's a continuation program up to age 22 in california
2: that's how long they can go to, to public, public edu- high school yes, right correct.
0: And so some are working in that stage. Some are at school. Some are done at 18 and don't work, and they're just at at home. But uh, a lot of the parents assume that their siblings are just going to take care of them later in life as we get older or pass away or whatever it is. And we've done those kind of discussions and groups and and newsletters I've sent out. And the reality is most of the siblings go, look, it's like, Heidi, I love my brother. But I'm now married. I want to have my own she family. Wants to have a family. I want to have a life. Right. Uh, so does Trevor. But Trevor he, is your son. Yes, and he wants to be like his sister or you know brother-in-law, but yet you know different and 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 independent. Um,
2: does Trevor have the hope of having a family of his own? Uh,
0: he does. You know, he wants. He like a lot of these kids. They look out and. He's, he's already figured out the order that we'd kind of gone, gone through. He wants dogs, mm. then get married, then kids, you know, mm. and, and for some that's going to happen. For, sure, for a lot of them, though, it, it, it won't. It can't happen. Yeah, yeah, it can't happen.
2: I see. So, okay, so then came the Glenwood Housing Project.
0: Correct. Uh, and the offshoot was as they got older, and I would do surveys uh, with Heidi through, through Lighthouse, uh, kind of Letterman's Top 10 type thing, housing was always at the bottom. And we went through a period of time where we had a mom uh, who had worked at uh, Chapman College uh, and a couple dads that on business trips, all within about a six month time period, had a stroke and two heart attacks. They lived, oh, thankfully. Oh, wow. Their worst nightmare. Yeah. But every parent's worst nightmare. So the next survey, it jumped to number two uh, <laughs> on the hit parade. Interesting. And a bunch these of the kids par- were all getting yeah, older. A bunch but... of the parents looked at me and said, OK, you did this and you did this. So. Naturally, you're uh, going to go figure out what to do with the housing thing. And you're the
2: Messiah, aren't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> really not, not you really. My this. my yeah. You
0: know, spouse asked me how much life insurance I had and a couple times, <laughs> and, and it that, better that, be a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was a little concerned about that question being asked too many too many times because she was pretty much done with uh, the the previous two projects. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, so <laughs> she wanted her husband back. You know, anyway. But oh, something always suffers. Come exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So that's where we were, and um, long version has been five years looking at uh, small group housing, researching, learning. Uh, We looked at facilities and properties, small group homes from Temecula to Santa Barbara. And uh, then I really, for me, Jenny and I said, you know what? Ooh, some of these things are pretty gnarly. Cost-wise, pretty horrible places to live, In terms to be honest. Because of the with you. conditions, yeah. Yeah, the conditions. And she said, "You know what? He'll stay with us forever before we do that." Right. So, which I isn't
2: s- always an option, no. like you said, because of the circumstances no. that can happen. So I
0: just said, "Okay, then." My vision, after a lot of thought, prayer, and just kind of looking at things, was it needs to be local, it needs to be safe, it needs to be affordable, because there are a lot of places that were not affordable; It could be really expensive. Um,
2: Now, you meant local to you and to
0: your group that you'd created, this community? Yeah, in Orange County. I mean, you know, we're in South County, County. but it could have been Irvine, it could have been in any number of of, of places. Uh, And we ran into the NIMBY, not my backyard issue with a number of, you know, communities uh, because the project that I was thinking of was a larger scale, which is, is. the ladies will tell you the technical terms the ladies aren't getting a chance to tell (laughs) us
2: this is very typical (laughs) i heard that in the beginning i was Uh, i was supposed to be guarding against it but (laughs) randy's so engaging i just like listening to him (laughs) if you're just tuning in though this is kimberly martin's real people of orange county and this is uh 88.9 fm here in irvine k-u-c-i dot org if you want to tune in or stream live if you uh have to switch from car into the house and the computer. And we have with us a wonderful group of people that have developed the Glenwood Housing Project together. Randy Larson, Shauna Bogert, and Stacy and Meyer are here in the studio. At some point, their other two ladies are going to get to speak. Mm-hmm. But... um but we'll, we'll have to let them chime in on the development of the Glenwood housing project. So we're hearing about this incredible story that has come together in Laguna Beach for a community that Randy and his family have helped to create of special needs children and parents that want to find a place for their adult special needs child. Right. So.
0: so we had already set up the foundation, Glenwood housing, and we're looking for properties, uh, created the board and everything else. Long story short... Uh, this vacant assisted living facility on PCH became available.
2: Was it an assisted living facility before you came across it? Yes. And See, it, every t- I lived in Laguna for six yeah. years. I always thought that was an old hotel building.
0: It, well, it originally was a It hotel. originally was. Yeah, okay and then became. And so it has been vacant five years and was an eyesore, and neighbors didn't like it. Long it story can, short, for sale sign, goes up. and car, I caused about an 18-car pile up as I slammed <laughs> on the brakes, over, call, <laughs> on called, called the realtor and said, make an offer. So the rest is history. And I will be happy to turn it over and let them let the girls talk a little bit. take about <laughs> right. how they have pulled this together. You girls have together. 30 seconds. Hurry no. up. No, I'm That's just right. kidding.
4: <laughs> well, Randy does tell a great story, so he which sure is does. why we put him in the front. That's he right. He can do that. So, <laughs> so we are in um, a 50, um, probably capacity 50, um, residents that will live there at Glenwood House in Laguna Beach. It's on the corner of Ruby and South Coast Highway. Mm-hmm. There are 42 rooms being renovated. It is uh, fully um, set up for all of the food services already. It has a full kitchen, industrial size kitchen. It has a dining area, activity room. And then each individual apartment is set up as a single bedroom or a double bedroom. Uh, they will have all of their meals together and do all their activities together, but it's all kind of an inclusive community there on campus as well as being part of the community. And they have an Beach. ocean view. They do. It's boot. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I have an ocean view from my office. for well, Mark. It's wonderful. <laughs>
2: that is wonderful. So, yeah. So, w- tell me, so there's a little bit of a background that I think mm-hmm. we should talk about. Uh, you educated me when you first got here about the Lanternman Act. Yes. Give us a little bit of background as to why your facility is going to be so unique. Okay.
4: Well, the Lanternman Act actually happened in the 70s as part of the Civil Rights Movement and it was in response to um, people with special needs um, being institutionalized and told by you know professionals in the field that their uh, children, parents were told that their children needed to be put in an institution to have them care for them. So um, rather than the institutions taking care of these children, the Landerman Act said, no, these people have a right to be in the community and live in the community. And we need to stop putting them into a mental health facility just because they have Down syndrome or uh, spina bifida or cerebral palsy. You know, because they have a developmental disability, does not qualify them to be in a mental health institution away from their family and away from their community. So it was a way to bring people back into the community and um, provide, let them be part of it. Um, One of the problems with that deinstitutionalization was where to put them. Where do they go? Uh, Some ended up on the streets, some ended up back at home. Some ended up with elderly parents that couldn't care for them. So one of the things that they did is develop group homes. And there are quite a few group homes. There's some supported living models. And in between the supported living model, which is basically living independent, and living in a group home, there really isn't anything for someone that just needs some minor supports. They call them Level 1 and Level 2 Regional Center. Um, support needs they don't have anything really severe severe that they need cared for but they do need um, activities of daily living you know hygiene and um, direction and laundry, how to classes, eat, laundry and yes and all that stuff. kind of thing laundry so, classes like <laughs> how to, how to st- do their laundry I'm still trying to teach my husband <laughs> <that. Yeah. Yes. laughs>
2: <laughs> their classes
4: all of us need <laughs>
3: money management right. and everything else right. Right walk. but rather than being
4: independent in a you know an isolated, um, which is one of the results of the Landerman Act, they were isolated in the community and didn't really become part of the community we wanted and with Randy's vision, a, a community within a community. so having 50 young adults living in one space um, with those supports that they need, but also being independent kind of fills that gap between a group home, which is more severe needs and being isolated in a single uh, apartment.
2: So the levels Mm -hmm. of care are different. You're saying Mm -hmm. that in a group home the level of care is more um, Mm -hmm. because they're dealing with a, 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 a... Help me define the terms that you would use for somebody that needed more care.
4: Well, if they have a behavioral issue or if they have anger issues or. Violin towards people. Right. They have those kinds appers. of things. They ha- they or have if they can't care for themselves. If yeah. they can't take care of their hygiene or bathe themselves or do their own laundry they or can't feed themselves. Feed themselves. Yeah. They need more one-on-one staffing that would assist them with those activities of daily
2: living. And a group home would be like an ARF, which is an adult residential facility. We're
4: actually going to be an ARF, mm. but we're in a new type of ARF. Uh, most ARFs are six to eight bed, and that's the average. Right. And they take place in a residential community, so they're in a neighborhood. They're you Down know, the a typical house right, in a neighborhood. Yeah. So this um, is a much larger facility with the 42 rooms, and it's on a 30,000-square-foot lot. Um, which gives them lots of space, too. And this is a community within, like I said, a, with, in a community where they are independent. They have their own apartment, but they're also getting the supports they need with staff that are available for them. We'll have three overnight staff that are 24-hour um, on-site staff that will live there, and they'll, they'll be the overnight awake staff, so they'll provide supports at night. And then we'll have 15 staff during the day um, from administration to... Um, an activities coordinator a full-time chef a nutritionist um, someone who's in charge of medications and then the housekeeping those will all be on staff for them to provide those supports
2: okay and Mm -hmm. you mentioned this term on your website Mm -hmm. assisted independence yes that's really important to you isn't it It
4: is it It is and they want to be independent they've been living at home they've gone through the school system they've grown up with these friends Uh, They see their siblings going off to college. They see their siblings getting married and getting their own homes. They
2: want to experience the same natural transitions. And they're still at home. And
4: why am I at home when everyone else got to move on? Mm -hmm. And if I do move out and I'm alone, that's also scary. So how can I be with my friends, be with my group, be with my peeps, and still be in the community um, and have that kind of assisted support? So this answers all of those questions and provides for that need.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think what Sean and I found through working with people who live independently in their own apartments is isolation. Mm-hmm. They were very isolated. They don't often think to, oh, I'll call this person to see if we can hang out. To go, like a normal adult would, a quote-unquote normal adult. So to be at Glenwood, to have them all in one facility, they can go right next door and say, the front door. knock, knock, Johnny. You know, are you mm-hmm. there? Do you want to go, go down to the beach? or do you want? So it's and more social facility at the same time there's areas for them to be reclusive when necessary.
2: When they want privacy. Now, are they going to be able to just walk off the facility and go to the beach, as you just described, without...
4: They will each have their own plan. So if their plan A allows for them plan.
2: to be in the
4: community on their own and they're independent and can show us that they have that ability, <laughs> yes, they
2: can be on their own. Randy's in the background going, <laughs> going no, no, no freedom, not my son. <laughs> right. But, but then there are those that will to need. that natural uh, transition mm-hmm. that's hard for any parent is it to is. let their child go it out is. in the world.
4: We want to provide the most natural supports we can. Mm -hmm. So we don't want them feeling like when they're out in the community, someone always has to be with them. We want them, if they do need supports, to go out with a group, with the staff, but to fit into the society. So people aren't looking at them saying, oh, there they are with their staff, tagging along behind them. No, they need to be part of the community. does give some
2: comfort to experiencing it in the most normal way that they can. Right. Uh, tell me about the population that you will serve. We've we've touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. what are some of the specific reasons, health concerns that mm-hmm. cause a, a a young adult to be in this circumstance? In well, in Trevor's case, he has Down syndrome. What yes. are some of the other?
4: Down syndrome is typical of the group. We also have um, spina bifida, Williams syndrome, which is a rare disorder. Um, we
2: have are these cerebral, cerebral palsy? palsy. Mm-hmm. Those we are physical autism. Or, or and physical and, and developmental and developmental, <laughs> and developmental.
4: Okay. right so it's not just developmental disabilities it can also be a physical disability from birth birth trauma we um, talked about
2: yeah. epilepsy early mm-hmm. on right. um are there going to be people with epilepsy that had developmental de- delays
4: they um some have seizure disorder and are at the facility and it can be in combination with another disorder but if they do just have um you know epilepsy or seizure disorder as we're calling typically call it now, yeah. um, they will be monitored and sometimes it does cause delays. Mm-hmm. Some people have seizure disorder and don't have ever Just have like a disease. Like yeah. Living a normal mm-hmm. life. Right. So but if that is one of their complications and that's definitely something we monitor. The other nice thing and it's a peace of mind for parents is um, we will monitor all their medications as well. So we can uh, make sure that they're being taken care of safely, that they're, they have their medications when they need them. Um, someone's monitoring that. Because we know, you know, teenagers and young adults, they have other things in their lives besides remembering to take their medications during the day. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so that'll give them peace of important. mind. It so is.
2: tell me, let's talk about Laguna Beach, because it was yes. really important to you mm-hmm. that we discuss the city of Laguna Beach. Yes.
1: Laguna's been amazing. They mm-hmm. have absolutely been phenomenal. The city has really stood behind us. Mm-hmm. And they have really come beside and said, I want to teach photography classes there. I want to volunteer. I want to... Um, support you guys in any way possible. They really get behind their nonprofits and Mm -hmm. have been absolutely wonderful. The City Hall, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, everyone in charge has just been wonderful.
4: When we went to get their conditional use permit, um, typically that's difficult for new businesses coming into town. And it was a unanimous decision on the part of the um, Planning Commission that this would be something Laguna wanted. And that was a first for Laguna to to be unanimously behind a project
2: like this. I think I lived there Mm -hmm. for a while, long enough to know that that is within Mm -hmm. itself a a fantastic feat, wasn't it? it? Mm -hmm. And we have um, our plans into the city. Our plans have been
4: approved for our remodel. And, you know, this is just just something they've embraced. I'm a Laguna native. I was born and raised in Laguna Beach. My family still lives there. And um, it's just been, it's, uh, you know, just natural for me to be back where... I was born and raised and came up through the education system um, and to see the community come together and be behind this.
1: Yeah. I I would say even all of our neighbors Mm -hmm. have been, over. they've all, majority of them come to the property, Mm -hmm. walk through and every single, we've not had one complaint. Mm -hmm. They're all behind us and very excited. In fact, we have a few nurses that would be willing to be on call if something were to happen in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to reference something. They've just absolutely been amazing and and that was you
2: found the location Randy but but Laguna Beach's ability to embrace you is really what was important mm-hmm. right yes did i just lose my microphone no, oh, no i can okay. stay here. no I, you're good <laughs> <Okay>. you're good <laughs> my headphones not pr- working properly then okay so um
4: The other nice thing about Laguna Beach, like um, Stacy was saying, is the nonprofits that are there. So we're working with um, Transition Laguna, with the Festival of Arts, the Sadas Festival, the um, Bluebird Bluebird Farms, the Marine Mammal Center. All of these want to work with us and have our residents involved in their programs and have programs on site for us. So we will have a full art studio there with classes. We'll have yoga and exercise classes. Transition Laguna is coming in to plant organic gardens where the residents there will be able to grow their own food and see the whole process from plant to plate and be part of that. The Culinary Institute wants to send interns to work and volunteer there and also teach classes to the residents on food prep and how to use those things that they've produced in their own garden to prepare meals.
2: Uh, Stacy, you are also, you're the assistant director there, mm-hmm. but you're also yes. um, an entitlements advisor, mm-hmm. a, expert mm-hmm. and advisor. Tell me a little bit about why that's so important.
1: Well, it's so important currently, And what right that now. is and why yeah. that's <laughs> important. <Yeah>. What <laughs> that is first. <laughs> what that is, is I mainly help with Social Security. So all of their income. So their SSI, SSDI, um, regional center, their housing, Medi-Cal, Medicaid, Medicare, Um, So I'm actually the one that deals with a good chunk of the red tape that the Mm -hmm. government has in. Um, The tough stuff. Yeah, the nitty-gritty. And it's really important right now because currently on average um, on SSI, you can get around $850 a month to live on. That's it. Um, And sometimes upwards, if you have SSDI, which is the disability insurance, um, if you collect off your parent or if you've worked so much, you can... Possibly get about twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars to live off of a month in total. In total, so that's in for your groceries. Your that is for no in total. You either get the eight fifty or you get the thirteen hundred. I mean, not even some of them only get you know nine hundred dollars. Right. So it, it can range from that, those numbers, and it's so important to be local, safe, and affordable because to be able to live on your own or with assistance for eight hundred dollars a month is unheard of in all fifty states. To be able to provide for yourself and unfortunately right now um, HUD housing is just inundated with applicants and they do an amazing service and they provide so much financial assistance for people but right now there's such a need that they recently opened their doors and in that time period they had over I do believe like 18,000 people apply in two weeks mm-hmm. I mean the, the need, need is so, so much there that um, This is why Glenwood is so important. And this is why people need to follow their passions like Randy did and find a solution to be able, because like I was explaining earlier, no one chooses to say, you know, I really would like my son to have Down syndrome. (laughs) No one wakes up and says, this would be amazing. Why should they have to be punished for something that they had no control over or they didn't choose, but they've endured and loved and survived? So why should we punish them with an expensive house? Most housing in this area is about six to eight thousand dollars a month
2: for a special for needs. special needs that's so what a group
1: home would cost a group home um group homes can range about threes
2: okay
1: um and the more higher end ones can go up to six to eight a month and that's i mean I don't know for me that's not an option <laughs> if I had a child with. Right. special needs. But it was so,
2: important to you that you not be a government funded facility. Correct.
1: Because mm-hmm. of right now the instability with um, cuts in spending, mm-hmm. budget cuts, budget cuts mm-hmm. are the first thing they do is usually disability and education. Those are the to- top two favorites to cut, which I'm sure all of the college students know that with how classes <laughs> are going and mm-hmm. costs are going up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we're starting to feel the the pain of that. And with, all the cuts we can't be dependent on something that is unstable this is glenwood needs to be something that is constant consistent and will be here as long as ne- it's necessary so private
2: sources of funding are really important
1: absolutely Definitely and we really want to create an endowment fund so if mom or dad loses a job we can't kick them out because outside sources didn't come through so we really want to be able to create a safe facility that a stable money should not be an issue in our dream world i think we've all said we would just love to have the building be paid off if we win the lottery yeah we've all (laughs) promised if we win the lottery we'll pay it off and really make it affordable then um Mm. but but that's kind of where we're at, is financially the endowment system, scholarships, is going to be key in our facility. So we're
2: here also celebrating the fact that you're about to have your groundbreaking ceremony. Yes, And Saturday that's happening Saturday. this weekend, right? Yes. yes. Saturday at 1 o'clock. At Glenwyn House yes. um, at 2130 South Coast Highway in Laguna Beach. Right. It's a really Come exciting... Come
1: down and join, and we're going to get the gold mm-hmm. shovel and um, hopefully start this demo process. Mm-hmm.
2: Hopefully you're going to paint that and not buy one.
1: No, no, no. profit budget really isn't that high roller. <laughs> would <laughs> like to donate it, that would be great. That would be really heavy.
0: I've already painted two, one for each of them. That dirt will probably Oh
1: man, Randy, head, not one. a real gold one. Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about
2: your fundraising efforts and how you go about that currently and how you'd like to like to go about that in the future? Well,
1: we'll actually be hopefully getting back to you in September. Mm-hmm. We're hopefully, um, Ruby's right. in Laguna Beach has offered to do a print off a flyer, let them know, and then 20% of all the proceeds that people tell them they're at Glenwood, they'll give us 20%. So that, we're trying to that's do. That's Doug
2: Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. He's a local yeah. Orange County resident who mm-hmm. started that company. He named that after his mother.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, and yeah, um, they've been great. They've They've been wonderful. So they're, shout out and to And they're Rooly's.
4: local and, you know, our clients love to eat there. It's Trevor's favorite place to eat. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you can always I mean, bribe with a milkshake. It's yeah. great.
4: And he'll be bringing all of his buddies there. So yeah. it'll be a great fundraiser in the end of September. Right? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And we've also done things like art mm-hmm. auctions. Mm-hmm. We've done wine tastings. Yeah. We've done um, silent auctions. Right. I mean, the, the gamut. We're...
4: We are in the middle of grant season as well, so we've written six different grants for different um, foundations that are out there, and there are a few more that we're working on applying for. Do you need more help with grant writing? We need more help with donations. (laughs) That would be wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) The grant... Yeah, yep. and grant writing. Um, yes, anyone who is uh,
2: has the ability or uh, would, uh, any connections, like to, yeah, to help us. <laughs> Please out email with that. us. They We'd can email them. you through uh, which website? You can you go like to those? the www.glenwoodhousing.org. Glenwoodhousing.org. Mm-hmm. That's also up on my website. Yes. So both can, of
1: our contact information is on there. Yes. So if there's any suggestions or any connections with fundraising, we Lord have worked we with
4: um, the Orange County Community Foundation on a matching grant that we just completed with the Masalams, also another local family in Laguna Beach, contributing $75,000 to our foundation and match, um, having a matching grant program for that. And we did meet that grant. We did a walk and roll-a-thon. We did a lot of publicity around that. And we've met that grant. So that's $150,000 towards starting our construction. And also, do, mm-hmm.
1: Laguna Beach Community Foundation yes. and has Laguna also Beach, been
4: They're willing to do a um, similar program, too, and we're going to start that with them. And they've been doing our capital campaign fundraising to get this project rolling. Very so, exciting. Mm-hmm.
2: But yes. but as you said, the need is so great. It is. Now, your rates for the residents is really reasonable. You said mm-hmm. it's going to average about 2500 a month, which is yes. really remarkable. And
4: that's 2500 for room and board. That's three meals and snacks a day, all activities included, all the staffing costs and transportation. All the
1: rights to the doctor's appointments, yes. all of the laundry mm-hmm. services. I mean, that's everything.
4: Everything included.
2: Randy, do you see yourself duplicating this model? Over and over again, similar to the inspiration. That's way back a great when question. Soccer.
0: I'm glad my spouse is uh, probably getting her, her hair done right now, <laughs> so she's um, anyway not not listening. But um, no, as we said, the 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 need is 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 so huge, um, and uh, uh, there's been a lot of inquiries about what's the next step, the next phase. Uh, really, where we start breaking uh, ground Saturday, the contractor or general contractor Rick um, Waller Trivest will start probably on Tuesday or Wednesday actually doing the re- rehab. So, we we believe probably end of first quarter, maybe April, the, the residents will be moving in. Uh, we'd like to get a lot of that kind of behind us, but um, there are a couple other properties that we have, have looked at uh, that would be a a, a good fit um but we're trying not to put the cart before the horse so to speak of just you know make sure this is done and solid financially um we've vetted out all of the residents uh, as they've been doing meetings with the families and bringing them through the process you can house
2: 50 residents and um yeah. you're already your wait list is already longer than that right correct
0: and yeah.
1: that's with no advertising Right, just through so, your own word social of mouth, network it's um, community. it's we've already surpassed it. The need is astonishing. I mean, right now, autism is one in eighty-eight children. So imagine those children, those children that are being born are today,
4: or in the school system today. What are they going to do in ten years? Where is their housing going to come from? And this is the baby boomer generation. So there's more children that are at this age group that are are going to need housing when they reach this uh, critical age when services stop at twenty-two. Where, do, where are they going to go?
1: I, I think also with the baby boom generation, it's the, they're, they're aging. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but they're aging. And what do you do with your child when you can't pick them up out of the wheelchair anymore? That's true. It's yeah. it's something that the medical field did amazing by having all of these wonderful technologies that helped their lifespan d- you go further and further. However, the housing did not pick up the piece of what did happened. didn't keep up. With didn't their keep up. Right. And there's no way, so there's that's what's interesting about Glenwood and hopefully to expand or at least give the model for someone else to be able. Right. Well, to that do seems this. to
2: be what you've done here is mm-hmm. you've created a model. Yes. You have found a community that embraced you, right. uh, not only embraced you, but wants to enrich you. It exactly. sounds to me, it's uh, a wonderful community. I was lucky enough to live there for six years and mm-hmm. weaving that art and mm-hmm. um, the whole gardening aspect. We're going to have a community gardener on the show at some point. We have had them before. But uh, weaving that into your your inner community that you have there at the Glenwood housing well
4: and that's what's so important these kids grew up in this neighborhood they grew up in these so they towns. don't want to
2: be forced out of their community right
4: and they want to be part of the community they don't want to just be in the community and being seen in their groups walking around town they want to be part of it and they want to contribute back to the community they right. want to be citizens
2: right Randy um, I want you to help close us out we're nearing the end of our time we have about three more minutes left and um, oh six is that clock wrong Mm-hmm. Oh then and, and mm-hmm. Hey let's just sit oh, back we got Three chat. more minutes All right <laughs> no, Six minutes Break out the Corona Oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> This is a dry hey, we campus just, We sorry, just got sorry. an email <laughs> That we can't do that here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin just in case You're wondering We are all complying Especially all right.
0: our guests You're, you're both welcome <laughs> To come down <laughs> To the housing And, and have a have
2: Corona At the ground. An In-N-Out burger actually. Oh no. yeah oh. Well that's coming up next <laughs> We love our campus In-N-Out Um What has this journey been like for you? I I see you sitting here listening to the ladies talk and really they are speaking about something that you probably didn't know was in the works way back when you started this journey with Trevor. What has this been like for you?
0: Uh, It has been literally miracle after miracle. And I I keep a journal and and someday I would love to maybe, you know, I'm not a great writer, but put something together in in a book format. You know, called Miracle on Ruby Street, but after Mm. probably get sued because it was a Christmas, you know. On thirty fourth Street and you know anyway, miracle 34th street. I uh, like
2: it. I like it. But anyway,
0: um you know, every day you know, as I said with these parents' families and the, the exciting part for me of this process is there's days I come home, you know, and my spouse knows that and the kids know that, you know, worn out, exhausted. The next day we get some good news or something or that keeps you going. That just it just keeps you going. And and you have to just kinda also be a ever-ready ever bunny yeah. <laughs> to just keep driving yourself, you know, to that. And for anybody who wants to look, do this in other communities, you know, we're we're available for feedback. We're videotaping this from start to finish. We're going to so have all the share. resources. That we hope to be able to hand off to other people to mm. the baton to go do, you know, this and replicate this because the need is is so huge, right. you know. And 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 I I hope that we're involved with our own project too. You know, Glenwood to the sequel or whatever, right. at, at some point. But
2: oh, I forgot to ask you about the name Glenwood. Where did that come from? Uh, that that's was one of the, my questions. Okay,
0: great question. Um, uh, the first part, Glen, and by the way, anybody looking at it. It's, spelled with two N's on I the website. I know, I
2: had to, did you, for about 35 minutes it was not correct on my website. I had to go back in and adjust it. So I don't know when you <laughs> saw it, if you saw it yeah. when it was misspelled or after it had been corrected. I almost emailed you, but I knew you well, we, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you saw it in that 30 minute. that's actually
0: <laughs> I actually bought the domain name with one N beca- and it's going to get added because people will get People kept, are going to misspell yeah, it, they, yeah. Most people go single land. But anyway, Glenn was for my grandfather who that's, basically is a hmm. single mom uh, really was like my mentor and, and, and dad and um just through everything that I had done growing up. Uh The wood is for uh, a friend of mine that I'd grown up with in Newport, Gary Harwood. Unfortunately, he passed away of cancer at 30 and he had heart for special needs. And so uh, at his service, I gave his mom and his sister a big hug and I said, I don't know when, where but some somewhere were you know we talked about this and we used to walk uh Ben Brown's and Lagoon and play oh, Nine yeah. Holes because that was his therapy oh, yeah. in his last last few years of uh, what that might you know look like. And then lo and behold I have you know Trevor Yeah. and said, Okay, so that's the name Glenwood.
2: Glenwood. Beautiful story. So, right. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing Thank it you. with us. And we hope to find uh, ways to help you, reaching out to the community and find ways to help you guys on your journey. Stacy, did you want to say one last thing?
1: Oh no, just, uh, just, just leaning, leaning in. On. Just leaning <laughs> in. Oh, thank for you for five. having
4: thank us you, here. Thank I mean, you so much oh, yeah, to, to get the word out and um, you know, for people to hear about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kimberly, very gracious. and Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. My wonderful, pleasure. Wonderful.
2: So go on to the website, glenwoodhousing.org. That's Glenn with two N's. We just discovered why. <laughs> and make sure you uh, do a little digging into this organization and give some time uh, to learning more about them and seeing if there's a way you can support their cause. Thank you so much for being in the studio today.
3: Yeah, and stay tuned. Next oh, is Ferris Counterspin. Counterspin.
2: Counter Spin. I got to learn how to do oh, that. Right? Okay. So Counter Spin, and then up after that, Matt Kaplan with Planetary Radio. I think I get to do the honors today. Right? Yeah.
3: There. You, yes, you do. Are you proud of me? I'm very proud of I'm you. I'm just
2: going to slowly, step by step, take on one little responsibility after another. That's
3: good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See you next now week, be guys. Quiet. <laughs> yeah. No, be, now I'm going to cut your mic. <laughs>